Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriha at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called Profound Illumination, and at the same time, Noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. And then through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, How should a son or daughter of a noble family trained who wishes to practice a profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, Noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O oh, Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form, emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas. No I datu up to no mind datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind consciousness datu, no ignorance, no end of ignorance up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and Gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. <laughs> Mara Dajandara Zamaraya Vedaya 
gate gate bara gate bara san gate bodiso baba gojo sanji gaye de vedo je je obodo ji nebodo ji sewado ji jagi baji medo meju janji je dinga iso ayere no ja je jo je wado vedo no vedo je wado no bajo ji <clears throat> the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love. And let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready. Shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. <clears throat>
So now we will uh, continue the beginning section of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment by Lama Tsongkhapa. And previously, uh, over the years, we've gone over the other topics, which are in the later sections in the text. We've gone over the section on the mind that aspires to enlightenment or bodhicitta. And that uh, realization or that mind is dependent upon uh, its preliminary. And its preliminary refers to uh, the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity. And we went over that section when we dealt with the Four Noble Truths. And the Four Noble Truths show how one can generate the desire to definitely emerge for him or herself, or renunciation, which the mind that aspires to enlightenment depends upon. But in order to generate renunciation, or the desire to definitely get out, we also need uh, to, um, and, and to, uh, to generate the mind which desires to definitely get out, which will then allow one to emerge, um, depends upon preliminaries as well. Um, and those preliminaries refer to the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity of, uh, um, uh, uh, and, and those topics. So it's for that reason that we're going to be going over that section, which is called the small scope, or the teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity, that begins in the uh, uh, introductory section of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. That's 
So, uh, if we were to summarize or condense all of Buddha's teachings into three categories, we would uh, condense them into the stages of the path which lead beings to Buddhahood, the stage of the, pa of the path which leads beings to Nirvana, uh, or liberation for him or herself alone, and then the stages of the path which lead beings to higher realms. So all of Buddha's teachings can be condensed into that three into those three categories. So the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment is actually a commentary on the great root text which is called The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment by Lord Atisha. And that text, The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, summarizes all of those stages. The teachings or the stages of the path for beings uh, of small capacity, the stages of the path for beings of medium capacity, and the stages of the path for beings of great capacity. So we find all of those stages of paths uh, in, that are, are in common and uncommon uh, condensed in The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment which this text is a commentary on. And then, if we look at di different ways that one can explain teachings, we'll find two ancient traditions. Uh, and the first ancient tradition is called the Nalanda tradition. And the Nalanda tradition goes by way of the three purities. The purity of the speech of the uh, master, the purity of the mind of the disciple, um, and then the purity of the teaching that will be explained. So this is one way of explaining the teachings, and that's according to the, the Nalanda tradition. The second way of explaining teachings is according to the three greatnesses. And this is uh, how the Vikramalashila tradition uh, um, goes about explaining teachings. And that begins with the greatness of the teaching's author, uh, then the greatness of the teaching, and then the third greatness is the greatness of listening to and explaining the teachings. So how one would listen to, how one would teach these specific teachings. So uh, um, Lama Tsongkhapa has chosen to, in his great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, follow the Vikramalashila uh, way of explaining teachings, which goes by way of the three greatnesses. So Atisha was a great scholar initially from uh, Nalanda uh, University, and then Atisha went to uh, Vikramalashila and then to Tibet. So um, this is where we find these references relative to Lord Atisha. And 
so um, then if we look at the way that uh, Lama Tsongkhapa has um, uh, begun this teaching in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, we find the uh, Vikramala Shila tradition. So we find initially uh, the explanation of the greatness of the teacher in order to show that it's from noble origin. And then we have various categories, three specific categories, um, that deal with uh, the greatness of the teaching's author in order to show that it's his noble origin, and then uh, how uh, he gained these excellent qualities of scriptural and uh, realizational uh, knowledge, and then what he did after he gained those qualities. So first, uh, the section deal. The first section deals with uh, Lord Atisha's uh, lineage and where he was born uh, to establish that Lord Atisha is of noble origin, and we find then that Lord Atisha was born uh, into a royal family. His father was a king, obviously, mother a queen, uh, and he was the middle of three children. Um, and then it, uh, it shows that he was born in Bengal, which is a city east um, of India. Uh, so this then shows basically uh, where he was born um, and uh, so forth. And then it goes on to show how by the age of 21, he had mastered all of the different Buddhist and non-Buddhist traditions and the various forms of crafts and arts and the 64 arts and so forth. So he had uh, truly become a, a master of these things. And then the, the text goes on to show uh, 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 what he, he did from there. So first we begin to, uh, to with Atisha's birthplace and family to show that he is of noble origin. And then we start to sh then the text shows how he gained excellent qualities. Uh, so the first deals with his scriptural uh, qualities, his or his uh, um, uh, it's called the scriptural uh, um, scriptural knowledge. So um, the the basis of good qualities has two different categories: the scriptural uh, realizations and then the actual realizational doctrine. So. The uh, first is how he gained his scriptural knowledge, and then we sh it shows how by the age of 21 he had those, uh, um, uh, all of those areas of knowledge. Um, uh, under, he was well-versed in all of those areas of knowledge it just explained, and then it goes on to show that he then gained uh, um, knowledge of all the tantras by uh, meeting with the Master Rahula, 
and uh, of the Black Mountain Temple and uh, receiving many initiations and instructions in the tantric lineages from him. So this showed then how he became a great scholar in all the tantras um, and then um, um, became ordained and then also uh, became completely versed in all of the lower, higher and lower scriptural collections. So the perfection of wisdom teachings and all of the teachings of uh, Sutra, Tantra, Madhyamaka, all of the different uh, teachings, Lord Atisha had become a great scholar in. So uh, he studied all of the Buddhist and non-Buddhist doctrines um, and the, uh, all the higher and lower Buddhist doctrines, uh, the Tantric doctrines, um, and then this section where it explains all that shows how he gained that scriptural knowledge that he had. And he went about it by way of uh, studying all of these texts and became at a very young age a great scholar in all areas of knowledge, common to Buddhist and uncommon. So uh, common to, uh, meaning uh, common to all lineages within Buddhism and then uncommon teachings that were specific to uh, um, the higher forms of Buddhism. So after showing how Tisha gained all of his qual excellent qualities relative to scriptural knowledge, uh, then it shows how he put that scriptural knowledge into practice and then gained his realizational knowledge or his uh, realization, it's called also sometimes realizational doctrine. Uh, so the next section deals with that and it goes through the various vows, um, first the individual liberation vows that he took, then the uh, bodhisattva vows that he took, um, and then the, um, um, the vajrayana vows that he took or the tantric vows that he took. Uh, so it goes through the various sets of vows that he took um, uh, and then uh, within that it shows how through practice of the three highest higher trainings he achieved realization. So it begins with the uh, uh, training in ethics and showing how he uh, engaged in the three different ethical disciplines relative to the individual liberation vow, bodhisattva and tantric vows. <laughs> So the next section after how he gained his uh, realizational qualities uh, deals with what he did once he, he gained those. So uh, he first, uh, it shows where he was born and that he's of noble origin. 
and then how he gained his qualities of scriptural knowledge and then realizational knowledge and then what he did uh, with that knowledge. So beginning with uh, what he did in India um, uh, and then there's the story of being able to uh, at a great debate festival of Buddhist and non-Buddhists being able to uh, negate the views of the non-Buddhist uh, um, uh, philosophers three different times, three, in three, three different ways, and then being able to clarify and debate with uh, all of the different divisions of the um, tenet systems within Buddhism itself. So the different tenets within the Great Exposition School, the different tenets within the Sutra School, the different tenets within the... Uh, um, mind-only school and the different tenets within the middle way school. So he was able to uh, um, debate uh, practitioners within each of those individual um, um, tenet systems and, and clarify uh, even the um, tenet systems internally. Uh, so uh, he, he um, became renowned, uh, uh, it says here, crown jewel of all of the different schools because that he was able to understand all of the views uh, and, if, and he taught without, I think, partisanship, it says. Uh, uh, so then uh, the next section deals with what uh, he did in Tibet. Um, so uh, how, how he benefited India and it shows how he clarified all of the things within the, uh, India um, and then what he did in Tibet. Now the section on what he did in Tibet uh, begins with the story of his consultation with uh, Tara herself, the Buddha Tara, female Buddha Tara herself, uh, where he asked if going to Tibet, because he had been urged to do so, uh, would be a benefit, and, or if he should just stay in India. Um, and Tara replied that if he were to stay in India, his life would actually be lengthened, um, but his life would only be of medium benefit, um, and that if he had gone to, to Tibet, his life would be shortened, but he would be of great benefit. So Lord Atisha thought to himself uh, um, uh, that the, his significant he was not uh, thought to himself that he had to serve the greater good, um, and that he wasn't significant enough to worry about his lifespan. So he went to, uh, decided to go to Tibet because that would serve the greater good, as Lord. Uh, um, or as uh, the female Buddha Tara had told him. So uh, Atisha thought to himself, there is no, no fault in my life being shortened. I will go. So, so Lord Atisha stayed in Tibet for 17 years and uh, wrote many different texts, but if we look at what the real uh, most important text created by this master is, we'll find it's that lamp for the path to enlightenment, that the text called the lamp for the path to enlightenment. So, 
Lotta so during the the time in Tibet where their Buddhism was really becoming prevalent and transforming, the king was named Trisung Detson, uh, who was said to be an emanation of Manjushri, and he uh, invited many different scholars and uh, or pandits. Uh, and among them were Shandarashita uh, uh, and Padmasambhava. Um, and then they formed what was called the Sainik Sulakan, uh, which was the same uh, type of style as the Nalanda monasteries. Um, and uh, um, Padmasambhava uh, was a knower, uh, or uh, one who understood the text, and Shandarashita um, also, as well. Um, but Chandrashita was a holder of the Middle Way autonomy view, uh, not, uh, which is a school within the Middle Way system, but not the highest view, which is the Middle Way uh, um, consequence school. Um, so uh, during this time, there started to be various views that will, were infiltrating uh, the Buddhist doctrines uh, that were incorrect. Um, so a master named Hashan, who was also known as the Chinese abbot, uh, came to propagate uh, some views that were actually incorrect relative to emptiness. Um, so uh, the view that uh, method was not necessary, that virtue uh, and non-virtue were equally um, uh, negative and were obstacles to the realization of emptiness. The belief was to empty one's mind completely of thought and then this would allow him or her to realize emptiness. Um, and he was a great scholar, and they were having trouble um, negating his uh, views relative to emptiness. So uh, they, uh, at this time in Tibet, had to invite Kamalashila, who was a student of Shandarashita's, uh, who held the actual middle way consequence view, or the Madhyamika Prasangika view, um, and he came and negated the views <coughs> of Hashan. Uh, um, so he was no one else in Tibet at the time. Uh, was able to do so, uh, so this wrong view was 
uh, being propagated and uh, explained uh, pretty widely. Uh, but Kamala Sheila came in a great debate and, and negated all of the views of Hashem and showed how uh, method um, and virtue were necessary in order to realize emptiness. So, if we look at all of the tenet systems that are actually Buddhism, if we look at the Great Exposition School, we look at the, the uh, which is called the Vabhashika, we look at the Sutra School, Sautrantika, we look at the Mind Only School, Chittamantran, and we look at the Middle Way School, Madhyamaka, um, and the two Middle Way schools, uh, Madhyamaka Svatantrika and Madhyamaka Prasangika, or the Middle Way Autonomy School and Middle Way Consequence School, if we look at the views in all of the different tenets which uh, are considered Buddhist tenets, Hashan's view of emptiness cannot be found in any of those schools. So we have to realize, or we have to state, that they are not Buddhist views and just negate them in that fashion because none of the, the views that he was expressing relative to emptiness could be found or were contained in any of the tenets uh, that Buddha, Buddha taught. So the uh, selflessness that we find even in the lower schools of Avashika or Sautrantika uh, were not even held by uh, Hashan uh, with, with his view of emptiness. <laughs> So when Lord Atisha was asked the question, how do we know what the real emptiness is? How do we, where do we find this real emptiness? His answer was that the emptiness that was taught by Lord Nagarjuna uh, and his son, uh, Chandrakirti, is the emptiness that is the true emptiness that is, uh, um, is taught. Um, so, uh, it, uh, sometimes his uh, I, I meant I said son because sometimes it's referred to as son, but Rimachi said student. Uh, but Chandrakirti is sometimes referred to as the son of Nagarjuna, uh, but Rimachi said student. So Nagarjuna and Chandrakirti uh, are the ones that uh, Lord Atisha said held the true view of emptiness. What <laughs> So if we look at Drepung, Ganden, Sarah, in this, the Sakya monasteries, and some uh, Nyingma monasteries, Guluk, if we look at all of these different traditions, we'll find that they all rely upon the Madhyamika Avatara, which is Chandrakirti's entrance to the middle way. Uh, so in the when we're small, we actually memorize lo, lo zin, lo, lo, lo memorize 
And, and then the, there's an explanation, uh, because there's many different commentaries, and then an explanation will be given by a, t our, a teacher, uh, because there's many different commentaries on this text. so uh, there are three uh, ideal qualifications for an author. Um, it's stated in texts, and uh, the, it says if uh, uh, an author has one of the qualifications or two of the qualifications, then this makes them a qualified author. But if they have three of the qualifications, then it's a true, truly the most uh, excellent kind of author that there can be. Uh, so the first ideal qualification is that the author should have mastered the five, topic, the po five topics of knowledge. The second is that the master should possess, or the, I'm sorry, the author should possess instructions that are the key points for practicing the meaning of the topics of Buddhist knowledge, which have been transmitted in an unbroken lineage to the excellent beings from the perfect Buddha. And then the third ideal qualification for an author is that they should receive permission to compose the text in a vision from his or her uh, chosen deity. So it's stated that if uh, an author has three of these things, then he or she is an ideal, most qualified author. And we see that Lord Atisha had all three of these ideal qualifications. <laughs> So, the first one that states should be possess instructions that, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the first is that they should have mastered the five topics of knowledge. We've already gone over that section and how Atisha gained his scriptural knowledge or his uh, um, scriptural doctrine. Uh, so we've already gone over that. Um, and then uh, the third one is that uh, should re receive permission to compose the text in a vision. And then we've now arrived at that, with, and it says with regard to how his chosen deities looked over, looked after him. And then there's a quote from the 80 verses again by Natso. Uh, so now we've arrived at that section, uh, which shows um, um, how he, he was looked after by um, various deities. Lama Jubala, Tiba Tumu, Tiba Chemi Juba, Tiba Tumu, Lama Jubatan, Tijing Lama Jubani, or his mother, Niji, Tijing Jubatala, Pashin Tiba, Pashin Tiba, Pashin
Shabijibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanjibanj
So basically there are three lineages, I'm um, going to stop, just not refer to here for one moment. There are three lineages uh, that we find Lord Atisha is a holder of. Uh, the lineages that we find are common to the Hinayana and Mahayana, and then lineages that are specific to the Mahayana, uh, and that refers to the Tantric lineage. Uh, so we find that the Tantric lineage, or the lineage of, of blessings, uh, is the exclusive lineage. So if we are uh, looking at the merit field itself, uh, and we were facing it, to the left, um, on the left side, we would find the excellent deeds lineage, uh, um, or the vast deeds lineage. And the, that lineage begins with Lord Maitreya, and then is passed down to uh, um, Lord Asanga, to Vasubandhu, uh, and then through various masters, and eventually to Salingpa, and then to Lord Atisha. So this is the excellent deeds lineage that's uh, to the, on the left side. On the right-hand side, we have the Profound View lineage. And the Profound View lineage it was passed down from Manjushri to Nagarjuna to Chandrakirti and Aryadeva and then Shantiteva and then eventually to uh, um, uh, Srilimpa. The Sangda Srilimpa. So then uh, in the profound view lineage, Ribi Kushu Chua becomes the teacher uh, of Atisha that it passes the profound. He was a master of the emptiness of Nagarjuna. Uh, so this is the master uh, who passed the lineage of the profound view down to Lord Atisha. So that's on the right-hand side. Then in the center, center of the merit field, we see the, at the head of the lineage, Dorje Chang, who's Vajradhara. Uh, and this is the tantric lineage. And Vajradhara passes to Tilopa, Naropa, um, and then the lineage eventually ends up at Master uh, Atisha. So this is why it says that Atisha is the holder of three lineages, because he's the holder of the Profound View lineage, uh, the, excellent, um, the Excellent Deeds lineage, or Extensive Deeds lineage, and then the lineage of Blessings, or the Tantric lineage. <laughs>
Sana da vücubat yiyen, cahit vücudu çağında macuyu var. Dedi macuyu var be. Macuyu dedi kulu dumbadan, hep acadan, dökülü tutmalı be. Macuyu dedi cahit vücudu çağında yuvarı, dedi macuyu yok burada. Dedi cebat dedi, cahit vücudu neyce ucuydu var be. Neyce ucuydu cahit vücudu çağında macuyu yok. Dedi cici ucuydu, cici ucuydu ya, dedi sadece sonları var. The practice of Tantra. I still haven't found a reference for this, but again, there are the five categories for the practice of the Tantra. First is the general categories we find passed from uh, um, uh, Vajradhara, which is all the generalities of the four different classes within the Tantra. So this is passed down uh, from Dorje Chang to Lopa Naropa, that lineage of uh, blessings that we spoke of. Then the Father Tantra, which is uh, Guya Samaja um, and other uh, um, higher tantric deities. And then Mother Tantra, which is uh, Chakra Sambhava uh, and other uh, Mother Tantric deities. And then the fourth is the Yogic Tantric deities. Uh, this we also find passed down from Vajradhara. And then the fifth is the Yamantaka uh, lineage. So these uh, if, if we look at the practice of Tantra, we can find that uh, um, all of this lineage of uh, uh, blessings are contained within these five categories of general, uh, general Tantras, uh, Father Tantra, Mother Tantra, Yogic Tantra, and then Yamantaka Tantra. So, in the blessings lineage, which is the tantric lineage, it goes the Dorje Chang or Vajradhara to Tilopa Naropa, then eventually ends up at Penchen Drumbepa, and which is, Rinpoche said, Haruka. And this is the teacher of Atisha who then passes the tantric lineage to him uh, when we're looking at the uh, lineage of blessings. Uh, so, Penchen Drubebaba. And Rinpoche said, is, which is Haruka. So these five uh, we would find encompassed within uh, this lineage. Uh, we wouldn't necessarily see all of these five within that tree, but these five are contained within that lineage. <coughs> Uh, so in the um, 
blessings lineage in the um, Lama Tsongkhapa merit field, we find the five uh, different uh, lineages going down. But the, the Lam Rim lineage tree that was shown here last week is a little bit different. But here we find five the five different uh, categories within the blessings lineage. So Rimche is saying he was, I can't really see, unfortunately, but the and I don't have it memorized. So the um, merit field of Lama Tsongkhapa and the Lam Rim merit field uh, have differences where if you then a the Jayang, the Drabudu, Eba and Yo the Eba the Jetsun Shamba. yeah, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not really clear on this, so I'm not going to be able to translate this. He said it's better not to say, to translate. I'm just, I'm not clear clear on this, uh, so I'm just, we're going to have to skip this one for now. Lassa. <laughs> So when uh, Lama Tsongkhapa is making reference to uh, the, um, the Lamrim lineage, uh, he's making reference to it in the way previously described where we find uh, homage paid to the extensive deeds lineage that begins with Lord Maitreya uh, and then goes to Asanga and uh, um, Vasubandhu uh, and then eventually Salingpa uh, to Lord Atisha. So it shows how Lord Atisha holds the entire uh, lineage of the ex uh, extensive deeds lineage. Um, and then the reference is made to the profound <coughs> lineage that contains the key points uh, that have been passed down from 
the Lord, um, the Master Manjushri to Nagarjuna and Chandrakirti Arya Deva um, um, and, and Shanti Deva and Ribi Kushu Chewa. Uh, and this is uh, Ripi Kushu Chinwa is uh, Tisha's uh, teacher of the profound view lineage, again, translator's note, who is a master of Nagarjuna's texts. Um, and then the uh, um, actual uh, practice bless. it's more literal, it says just blessings lineage here, but the uh, practice lineage, uh, the practice of the blessings lineage would be, I think, more literal or something like that. Uh, and that begins with um, the master Vajradhara to Tilopa Naropa, um, and then Dechen uh, Dropepa to Lord Atisha. And this is how he's a holder of these three lineages of the profound view, the excellent deeds lineage, and then the tantric lineage, the lineage of, of blessings. What the Adisha Bhattava, Juba Kumbhavarava, Kambi Juba, Chachin Shubhi Juba, Samataya Juba Kumbhavarava, Adisha Bhattava. So then, if we're talking then about the lineage of Lama Tsongkhapa, um, then the lineage uh, goes, as we explained, to Lord Atisha, um, and then from Lord Atisha to the um, Drone Tompa, um, and then from Drone Tompa to the three uh, different Kadampa lineages, um, uh, the, the, so the three different Kadampa lineages. So, uh, this is how uh, the teachings are passed um, from uh, Lord Atisha then to uh, Lama Tsongkhapa. What the Kadampi Juba Tazul, Tajinshu Jutan, Samantai Juba Tazul, Jun Jiba Takangi, Kadamba Tazul, Kadam Jumba Wanderis, this Takangi, Kadamba Tazul, Kadam Arimbaje, and the Mena Bidujine, and the Lunar Tiji Masanda, the Tanabinale Jetting Tazul. So the from Lord Atisha, the, the instructions were passed to the lay person Drone Tompa, and then from Drone Tompa, the instructions were passed to the three different Kadampa lineages. The expansive uh, instruction lineage of the Kadampas that looked at a vast amount of texts. The Lam Rim lineage of uh, the Kadampas that looked through, looked the 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 Lam Rimpas the the Lam Rim lineage of the Kadampas that looked at a medium level of explan explanation of text. And then the the um, uh, um, uh, the the Kadampas the uh, who studied the abbreviated <coughs> materials or the uh, condensed uh, um, uh, I think it's called the, the sharp the sharp Kadampas or the condensed Kadampas 
Um, and basically those uh, Kadampas studied the more abbreviated texts, uh, such as the Lojun uh, Sukhema, um, uh, uh, the, 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 like the eight verses for mind training. They would study more condensed uh, um, texts that weren't as extensive explanations. So the, such as Rinpoche gave an example, the eight verses of training the mind by Langri Tamba, Ditsguk, Set Jengu. ในชวนจูเดดรูปตอนบัดเดอูมาเจนอูมาเจนอูมาเจมาดาโดเดเจโดเดเจชานซาโดเดเจชานซาโดเดเจชานซาโดเดเจชานซาโดเดเจชานซ
Is it sayings of the Buddha, like the Tibetan Dhammapada? Um, Rinpoche said, no, the, the, uh, the, is that what it is? Is that a, I don't trust my memory. I've been looking at the book of Kadam um, and looking at these six, but I, I wouldn't trust my memory, but I think that might It's possibly the Dhammapada. Or the sayings of the, the Buddha. The sayings of the Buddha. Uh, so that, very well, because yeah, that would make sense based on what Rinpoche said. Uh, um, uh, first was the history or Jataka tales, and then the sixth uh, sutra, so it could be sayings of the Buddha. That would, that would make sense. The Dharmapada. Pachis <coughs> So the Kadampa tradition has this, the six books of the Kadampa tradition and the four deities of the Kadampa tradition. And the, uh, so the first uh, is Shakyamuni Buddha. Tenrezig, who is the, uh, com, uh, encompasses the compassion of all the Buddhas. Then Tara, that uh, uh, encompasses all the uh, excellent deeds uh, of the Buddha. The Mua is a, a <coughs> protector deity. Um, I'm not sure what the Sanskrit of that is, um, but Mua is a, a protector deity. Um, so those four um, deities are the four deities of the Kadampa tradition. Shakyamuni, Tenrezig, uh, um, Tara, and then Mua. And then, and then the three dharmas, which are the dharmas of the small scope, the dharmas of the medium scope, and the dharmas of the great scope, and then the six uh, books, um, which refer to the six texts I uh, just mentioned, the uh, um, uh, ornament uh, to the Mahayana, uh, the Bodhisattva levels, um, the Bodhichara Avatara, or the Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life, uh, the Compendium of Trainings, uh, the Jataka Tales, and then uh, the stories or sayings of the Buddha um, um, uh, that would make sense. Or it's a, Rinpoche said de it's definitely a sutra, uh, words that Buddha stated. So I think that I would guess that that's probably correct. It's a, a sayings of the Buddha. What Mm -hmm. 
So there are different lineages um, that we can say pass to Lord Atisha. We can say the ones mentioned before, the excellent deeds lineage, the profound view lineage, and the blessings lineage, or the tantric practice blessings lineage. And then there's the lineages of the tenets, the various uh, um, <coughs> transmissions of the tenet systems that are given, and the four tenets of uh, Great Exposition, Sutra School, Mind Only, and the uh, uh, Middle Way. Um, and then the lineages of the blessings, um, the various blessings and initiations and so forth that are passed down and are contained within Atisha's lineage. Uh, and then the lineages of various instructions, and these are the oral instructions that were given about the practices and so forth that have been passed down to Lord Atisha by the various masters and from his teachers to him. So. Um, uh, those other lineages of, are also included in the great treatise <coughs> the stages of the path to enlightenment by Lam Tsongkhapa. So because uh, Lord Atisha has this lineage of the profound view, lineage of the extensive deeds, and lineages of the special blessings practice lineage. Uh, it's for that reason that we, we say that the uh, lamp for the path to enlightenment contains the correct information or is, is uh, all-inclusive um, uh, and correct. All-inclusive and correct. What <laughs> So, um, <coughs> there is, we don't look to, that to much more extensive uh, um, uh, lineages where we can find all the different names that pass from uh, Lord Atisha and then eventually end up at Lama Tsongkhapa. Um, so, we're not going to go through each and every one of those lineage masters right now that um, were passed. Uh, um, down, um, but if uh, you have would like to, it would be good to look at some of the, um, uh, His Holiness the Dalai Lama's teachings on this information and see if we can find some of those uh, masters of the an, in a complete format. But at this time, we're going to uh, not go over each and every one of those. <laughs> So we have to look at the um, explanation of the merit field and then compare it to the Dalai Lama's explanation to see if the explanation that we're given is correct or it isn't correct. So this explanation of the merit field that we're talking about is just coming right from here where it speaks of the extensive deeds lineage and the profound view lineage and the lineage of the um, blessings and practice. So 
this it's based on this uh, explanation in the text that this that the commentary I've given um, uh, has been formulated. So now we're going to the greatness of the teaching, and in the English Bible, <coughs> page uh, 45, just give me one second here. What the Nazirun has? Then a je. Okay, so this section says the greatness of the teaching, and it says concerning the teaching to be explained, the root text of these instructions is the lamp of the path to enlightenment. So if one was to say, posit what the teaching is that we're showing the greatness of, the answer would be lamp for the path to enlightenment. So that is the um, uh, teaching that is going to be explained. And, and, and <coughs> Chuje Lamanija so, it says, there are many texts composed by the elder, and the elder here refers to the Lord Atisha, but the lamp for the, the lamp for the path to enlightenment is comprehensive and fundamental, since it is by drawing together the key points of both sutra and mantra vehicles. So, Lord Atisha has abbreviated all of the teachings of Sutra and Tantra and uh, place them within the lamp for the path to enlightenment. So it implicitly contains all of the key points of all of Buddha's teachings. 
since it teaches by drawing together the key points of sutra and mantra vehicles. Its subject matter is comprehensive since it emphasizes the stages of disciplining the mind. It is easy to put into practice, and since it is adorned with the instructions of the two gurus who are skilled in the systems of the two great trailblazers, referring to uh, um, Asanga uh, and Nagarjuna, it is superior to <coughs> So it encompasses all these <coughs> points in an abbreviated fashion, and it's for that reason uh, that it is superior to other systems. And, and so it's the Dayanda, the correct sign to show the reason for this assertion that it's superior. And the correct sign is that it contains implicitly everything. So, um, so, the, so if we were to look at this uh, and state, um, the subject, the lamp for the path to enlightenment, is comprehensive and fundamental um, because it contains all of the, it implicitly contains all of the points of sutra and tantra. So we would call that the subject, the, the statement, and then the reason. Uh, so the subject is the lamp for the path to enlightenment. The statement about it is that it is complete uh, or comprehensive and fundamental. Those words are used just to mean that uh, it's complete. If it were to contain, if it were to miss, uh, be missing some one point or another point relative to the stages of the path that would lead one to Buddhahood, it wouldn't be considered uh, comprehensive and fundamental. So those words right there mean that it's complete, that it contains everything. Um, and then the reason we can say that it is comprehensive or fundamental or complete is because it contains all of the key points implicitly about Sutra and Tantra. Well, that didn't send you, but to turn me a lot of us. Send you, but to turn you this. The Pajin, the Oma, the Jordan, the Water, the Nalula, Santu, Santa, nothing you are the tenor, part two and two and then several rules of the Akali coverage. So then the next thing is that it, uh, it's, so first is that its subject matter is comprehensive, it's complete. The second is that it emphasizes the stages of disciplining the mind. Um, and then it says it's easy to put into practice. If we were to try to, without any kind of formula, look at all of the great texts, look at the perfection of the teachings, and look at the Madhyamaka teachings, and the, the Parshin, Uma, Zu, the Vinaya, the um, Abhidharma teachings. If we were to try to look at all of these teachings and then figure out how we would use them to discipline our mind, it would be quite difficult. 
So Lord Atisha puts, in a, uh, puts these teachings together in a way that can very easily be put into practice to discipline our mind. So the point here is that the subject, the lamp for the path to enlightenment, um, contains uh, the stages of disciplining the mind uh, uh, because it puts all of the teachings that Lord Buddha gave into an easy uh, format that one can actually practice and understand. Uh, so that's the sign that it can... Uh, this emphasizes the stages of disciplining the mind. Uh, the meaning in there is that it shows one uh, um, in, an, in an easy fashion how to do so. Or, uh, um, um, so that emphasizes word um, implicitly means that it, 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 it kind of puts it all together in a way that one can understand very easily. Puts all of those things mentioned together. ね、ロドグロルケバケバジ、ね、三角くぶちゃまけばいいな。え、コパトチョバパトマロ。ラスオ。あの三角くぶちゃとるケバジ、ロドグとケバマヒナ。てんでぶちゃまもよろだ。あ
that it is, uh, it is uh, uh, such a great text because it implicitly contains all of these things mentioned. So for that reason we can state it's a superior text. Because if it were to uh, only contain the teachings, uh, for instance, of Asanga, uh, or only contain the teachings of uh, Nagarjuna, then it wouldn't be complete, and it wouldn't be able to be, uh, we wouldn't be able to say that uh, it, it is implicitly contains both of the Trailblazers' materials. So since that's not the case, we say that it's superior and complete. What Dang of the Sangan Majuba, Lurun Majuba, Samatai, Janeshi, Jasheshi, Juni, Yoder, Tanazuro. What the Mazun turned the Ashero and Yibut Nalule, Mem Mosun de Asmude. What the Sukmolo, Lurun Maju, Samatai, Juba, what the Mande, Mande Tunis is in Bas. Tony, good eh? Ninja Haji, Lurun Majibi, Lesser, Samatai, Lesser. They are the Unga, think of the Paranga, the Parasanga, the Buddhist was. So if we look at the um, uh, different lineages of instruction uh, uh, and, and we look at the um, different texts uh, and, and specifically, if we were to look at the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we would find within the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge many negations. There is no this, there is no that. And here, the explanation of those negations would be found in the lineage of the Profound View. The Profound View lineage is passed from uh, Manjushri to Nagarjuna, um, and then down through Aryadeva, Chandrakirti, etc., to Ribi Kushu Chumwa to Lord Atisha. So the instructions uh, about emptiness and the ultimate view of emptiness were passed down from the profound view lineage. But then if we look at that very same text and we look at the Sanskrit mantra that's contained in the center that says, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha, when we look at the commentary, we find that that Sanskrit mantra is referring to the five Mahayana paths, the path of accumulation, path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. And the instructions of the paths and the levels are found in the extensive deeds lineage instructions. Uh, so we find within the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, the meaning of it is uh, um, uh, seemingly just about emptiness, which we would find the highest explanation of in the profound view lineage, but it also explains the stages of the path implicitly, which we find uh, explained in the extensive deeds lineage, uh, so which was passed from Maitreya to Asanga, um, and then eventually to Salimpa and Lord Atisha. So, um, uh, just in that Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we find the necessity of understanding both the profound view lineage and the extensive deeds lineage in order to uh, completely extrapolate its meaning. So, and if we look at the different uh, perfection of wisdom sutras, whether it's the uh, 100,000 verse, the 20,000 uh, uh, verse, the 8,000 verse, or the condensed perfection of wisdom uh, sutra, we'll see that they all contain these same exact meanings. Well, so, I don't know what I'm saying. 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 I don't know what I'
So the, the real pith or main essence of these perfection of wisdom sutras deal with emptiness. And the emptiness that it deals with uh, um, is the emptiness of the highest view, which was dealt with in the profound view lineage passed down from Manjushri to Nagarjuna, uh, Chandrakirti Arya Deva, Shanti Deva, etc., and then eventually Ripi Kunshu Chonwa to Atisha. So the um, extensive deeds lineage really gives a clear explanation um, of the stages of the path of the Mahayana, the stages of the path of the Hinayana, the stages of the path of the Mahayana and the Hinayana, path of accumulation, path of preparation, path of seeing, path of meditation, path of no more learning. Uh, so that extensive deeds lineage, which was passed from Maitreya to Asanga, uh, to Salimpa, to Atisha, uh, really shows the various stages of the path incomplete relative to all the different vehicles. So, after that, so the greatness of the teaching in order to engender respect for the instruction. And then there are four qualities uh, that it elicits in students. It says, the greatness of the teaching is indica indicated by four qualities it elicits in the student. And its first is that knowing that all teachings are free of contradiction. The second is coming to understand that all of the scriptures are instructions for practice. And the third is easily finding the conqueror's intent. And fourth, automatically refraining from great, uh, from great wrongdoing. Uh, so these are four things that happen to a student as a result of, of, these, of, of putting these instructions into, into practice. <laughs> Then, 
with regard to the teachings, um, and there's a, and then it shows, well, I'll just read the heading, anyway, the greatness of enabling one to know that all the teachings are free of contradiction. So this is the first section. And then there's a quote from uh, Avalokitvrata's uh, commentary on the lamp for wisdom. Um, and it says, Avalokitavrata. Anyway, so it's a commentary on the lamp for wisdom, and it says concerning teachings. And teachings here, this word refers to uh, um, that which has been spoken by the Buddha. So teachings here are uh, uh, um, referring specifically to those. And then it says the scriptures of the Bhagavan. Um, and Bhagavan is referring to Buddha. Uh, accurately teach that which is to be thoroughly known, that which is to be eliminated, that which is to be manifested, and that which is to be cultivated by deities and humans who wish to attain the ambrosial state. Um, of a non-abiding non nirvana. Um, so here, the teachings refer to that which the Buddha has pronounced, the teachings of the lesser vehicle, the teachings of the great vehicle, um, um, everything that the, the teacher has, uh, the Buddha has taught, falls categorically under teachings. And then uh, the stages of the path that the teachings, uh, that the Buddha taught in the instructions refer to stages of the path that lead beings to higher realms, that lead beings to the ambrosial state that is referred to here, um, which refers to liberation. And then it could also, from a Mahayana perspective, refer to the great state of complete Buddhahood or enlightenment. Uh, so the stages of the path um, uh, that are explained in these teachings are stages that lead beings to those different places. And ultimately to Buddhahood. <laughs> so now recognizing that 
um, all the teachings are free of comp contradiction, uh, refers to all, if, um, all of the pronouncements of the Buddha. Because if one were to uh, not understand that all of the teachings that are given are instructions to lead a being uh, uh, in one way or another, ultimately to enlightenment, um, it would seem that there were contradictions within them. So, within the sutra and the tantra teachings, there are seeming contradictions. There are literal teachings, there are figurative teachings, there are teachings where the Buddha stated that things are truly established, there are teachings where the Buddha stated that things are not truly established, and there were many pronouncements made that were interpretable, uh, and then there were many pronouncements that were made that were just completely literal pronouncements. So it's necessary to be able to see that all of those pronouncements made were for one specific reason, and that specific reason is to lead the various types of beings ultimately to Buddhahood. So all the teachings that were given were given in order to um, achieve that ultimate state of Buddhahood. And the teachings that uh, seem to be different than others are branches of those pathways which lead to the ultimate goal of enlightenment. So let me read what it says. Uh, Thus the teachings are what the conqueror explained well. Here, in the context of the lamp uh, for the path to enlightenment, to know that all the teachings are free of contradictions means to understand that they are the path by which one person becomes a Buddha. Some are the main points of the path, some are the various branches of the path. <laughs> So there are some non-Buddhists who hold a very extreme view that state there is most definitely a self. So in those cases when uh, the Buddha was asked whether or not there was a self uh, that could be established, the Buddha answered yes skillfully to those practitioners who were, were uh, um, it's almost like addicted, Rinpoche is using this word, addicted to or uh, uh, obsessed with the fact that there is a self, or uh, not stuck on, that'd be slang, but I think everyone understands the point I'm making. Uh, the, the teachings, when those types of practitioners asked Buddha if there was a self that could be established, he answered yes. So by stating that yes, there was a self to, that could be established, then these non-Buddhist followers developed a, a, a liking or an affinity for this teaching. The Buddha was omniscient. Uh, um, uh, oh, the Sampa. Oh, Oh, okay. So then they would state. Then these non-Buddhist followers would say, "Oh, it must be true that the Buddha is omniscient because he knows that there's a self." Uh, and, and then they would develop faith in Buddha. Then the Kalegale, so, uh, 
So there's never been a pronouncement made by the Buddha that wasn't for some beneficial reason or a benefit to others. So by uh, um, having by a practitioner gaining faith in this process, then the uh, slowly the wisdom increases and the the mistaken views within one's continuum are eradicated. And as one gains more merit or accumulates more merit, then eventually he or she ends up without these obstacles, ends up being able to achieve the state of liberation, ends up being able to achieve complete Buddhahood uh, based on the uh, um, eradication of the various um, um, ignorances and uh, um, um, uh, gaining all of the good qualities and merit necessary to ultimately achieve those realizations. And then there were times when the Buddha wouldn't even give an answer whatsoever. Wouldn't say there is this or wouldn't say there was that. He would just, uh, um, Rinpoche said, keep his mouth shut. He wouldn't answer a, a question one way or another. So there were very, all, so, um, so, um, all uh, of the Buddhist, and this one from before, I just want to make sure I translated. All of the Buddhist pronouncements had an intended purpose. There was a point to all of them, and there was no contradiction because the ultimate point was to lead beings to a state of enlightenment. So it's not contradictory if that aids a being in his or her process to get there. What the so Buddha had omniscience, so he knew at times if he were to answer there is something or there isn't something, that it would uh, harm, be harmful. So sometimes he remained silent. So maybe, uh, does anyone have any questions? Um, very rarely we have time for this. Yes. Uh, you said um, non-abiding nirvana. Could you explain it's a, I'm just curious, the, um, the technical reason why that's the case. Right, it's in the text. Let me find exactly where it is. Is it because it's a permanent state? Or? This is a, an addition, by the way, by the author, in parentheses, where, when I said the non-abiding nirvana. So, uh... <coughs> Hadame, Ah, 
So it's actually uh, not uh, the way this uh, this is translated is uh, <coughs> so it's uh, let me see I'll fix it in which uh, the, concerning the teachings the scriptures of the Bhagavan accurately teach that which is to be thoroughly known and that which is to be eliminated that which is to be manifested and by doing so will lead those to the ambrosial state of deities and humans. Um, because from uh, the state... Uh, uh, so the, the ambrosial state here that says non-abiding nirvana is referring to the birth of a human, the birth of a, of a, of a god, Rinpoche is saying. So the ambrosial state refers to the rebirth is human, rebirth is God. And in order to uh, achieve those higher states, one has to engage in um, uh, refuge in the three jewels, uh, ethics, which is uh, abandonment of the ten non-virtues, um, and the acknowledgement <coughs> of one's downfall. So by achieving, by engaging in those things, one is able to in achieve an ambrosial state, um, um, which would be uh, the state of a deity or a human. So in the, um, I, it would, we'd have to go back to the Tibetan and I think redo this all this whole section. But um, um, if when we were doing the teaching on the Four Noble Truths, uh, and the first we stated that the suffering is to be understood. Uh, and that origin uh, is to be abandoned, 
cessation is to be achieved or realized and path is to be relied upon. Um, uh, when we were speaking of the suffering um, that is to be abandoned, we spoke about the, uh, the smallest scope and the, and the rebirth into the lower realms um, and the various... Uh, so the three, the, the suffering of the lower realms is to be understood. Uh, the, the causes or origin of the lower realms is to be abandoned. Um, so when we're, uh, and then the cessation would refer to the abandonment of the lower realms, and the path to be relied upon refers to the refuge in the three jewels, the ethics, which is an abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities, um, and the uh, acknowledgement of one's downfall. So um, through practicing that, one is able to achieve this ambrosial state, and there's an the ambrosial state that's being spoken of here is the birth as a deity or a human, um, and there are various abandonments then that can be abandoned from those states. Because this is in the section on the uh, small scope. Uh, that we're reading here. So this is a, the stage of the path for beings of small capacity. Uh, and, and because of that, it's ref making a quote here about rebirth as a deity or a human. Um, but I'm going to myself go look at a commentary. Rinpoche is saying. So if we look at the Tibetan in itself, the root text, it's really referring to the small, the stage of the path for small capacity in this uh, quote here. Um, so the non-abiding nirvana that's been parenthesized in, it's actually been parenthesized in, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, so the basis of the de God, or a basis of the human, is the ambrosia. That's the ambrosia that's being referred to here, is that basis from which one can practice. Uh, I.e. English what? Oh, so Rinpoche was saying, if you look at the grammar within the Tibetan, it's really saying that the, the, the nectar is the, the god and deity, uh, the birth, the basis of God, the basis of human. Uh, I'm sorry, God, the basis of, of deity and God, I'm interchanging. I'm sorry I'm doing that. But the basis of a God, the basis of a human, that basis is the ambrosia that's being spoken of. But we need to look at a, a commentary on that. And we're also past time, so let's just turn to the um, uh, prayer book and do the dedications, final de uh, dedication prayers. The concluding prayer section, uh, beginning with the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer and ending with the long life prayer for Pensir uh, Geshe Wanda. <coughs>
The fundamental ground is scented in incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In the heavenly realm of Tibet, surrounded by a chain of snow mountains, the source of all happiness and help for beings is Tenzin Yatsa, Chen resident person. May his life be secure for hundreds of kalpas. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.